This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we dig further into St. Luke's Gospel with Of Camels and Needles Eyes, Third Prophecy of the Passion, The Blind Beggar, Zacchaeus, and Parable of the Minas, Part 1. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. 
Almighty God, merciful Father, I, I Upon this, your confession, I, by virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God unto you. And in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. of our failures and weaknesses, we may be restored through the passion and intercession of your only begotten Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Epistle is from Romans chapter 8. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. To set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, 
He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. This is the word of the Lord.
Grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus' friend Lazarus died. You see, he'd been very sick. His sisters, Mary and Martha, had sent word to Jesus, Please come, come quickly. Your friend is very sick. But our Lord did not go quickly. In fact, he intentionally waited two days so that by the time he arrived to Bethany, Lazarus was four days dead. Jesus let his best friend die. He didn't rush to, to make the emergency call. He simply let Lazarus go to death and then told his disciples, I go to wake him up. Now for Jesus, Death is nothing more than a sleep from which one needs to be awakened. You and I, we cannot rouse ourselves. There is no alarm clock in the world that can wake us from death. But the Word and Spirit can. Jesus goes to the grave not to mourn. He goes there to conquer. He goes not with grief and weeping but he cries out against it and pierces through the darkness with his word and his breath. Now, by the time that Jesus arrived in Bethany, again, Lazarus dead four days. The town is gathered there. There are mourners with them. Mary and Martha 
were understandably upset with Jesus. After all, Lazarus was his friend, and they were friends as well. You'll remember that they had entertained Jesus in their house, Martha cooking all day for him. And he did not come when he called them, when they had called them. But Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. This was the man who made the lame walk. This the man who gave the blind their sight. Could not he have come to Bethany sooner? Could he not have saved Lazarus from death? Yet even in the midst of anguish and hurt, there is a glimmer of hope in Martha. Even now, I know whatever you ask from God, God will give you. But there's more to Jesus than that, isn't there? Jesus Christ is not simply a prophet who comes from God, someone who, to whom God listens to and grants favors. He's not a son of man like Ezekiel, who's a mere mortal. This is the Son of God, the one who has all authority in heaven and on earth granted to him by the Father. Jesus Christ is the creative word of God, made flesh, the word through whom all things were made and in whom everything is held together. His words are spirit and they are life. Martha's hope, her hope is focused on the last day, resurrection day. She knows and believes that she will see her brother again on the day of resurrection. But there is something more that she just does not know yet. That resurrection day, the last day, is not yet, but there is a hope for her now. You see, our hope is not in just a day to come, but is in the hope that Jesus brings with him today. It is not only about a resurrection that is to come, but the resurrection that stands there in the midst. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. With that, Jesus delivers the last of his seven I am sayings. Resurrection and the life, they are given to us in the present tense. They're the present tense with Jesus. They are the here and the now. Whoever believes in me lives even though he dies. He lives in spite of his death. He lives in his death. To believe in Jesus, to trust in him, that is to live. Death may be our destiny in Adam, but it is not our lot forever. Our lot is with Jesus. For in Adam all die, but in Christ all are made alive. And you, dear baptized believer, you live even though you die. You see, death no longer has mastery over you because death no longer has mastery over Jesus. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. To be baptized into him, to believe in him, to trust in his promise that he made to you in holy baptism is to have his life even now as you wind your way to inacceptably way to death. And yet there is still more. Whoever 
lives and believes in me shall never die. Literally, will die, will never die forever. Oh, mark my words, you will die. And you will live in Jesus in spite of your death. But living and trusting in Jesus, you will never die forever. You see, death cannot hold you. The grave cannot hold you. Because Jesus broke the bonds of death and the grave forever by his own dying and rising again. And to show us what our Lord's words can do, to show what Jesus does, and to show us that he is the resurrection and the life, Jesus marches over to the tomb of his friend Lazarus. Martha is worried, right? Oh Lord, he stinketh. She doesn't quite trust or understand what Jesus is saying when he says, I am the resurrection and the life. But with Jesus, death has lost its sting. The grave has been conquered. The stench of death's decay gives way to the fresh breath of life. He goes to the open tomb. He prays what looks like an unnecessary prayer for the benefit of those watching. And he shouts into the tomb, Lazarus, come out! His words, his breath, and like the dry bones in the valley of Israel, Lazarus emerges from his own grave wearing his burial clothes. Now you'd think the religious establishment would be impressed by this, wouldn't you? But just like with the man born blind last week's gospel, Lazarus fares no better. They plotted to kill Jesus. They plotted to kill Lazarus. And Jesus even predicted this in a parable about a rich man and a poor man named Lazarus. They wouldn't even believe if someone should rise from the dead. What about you? Can your dead bones live? You better believe they can. Just ask Lazarus. Jesus let him die, but that's certainly not the worst thing that could happen, nor is it for you. We are born dead, but God has made us alive in Christ Jesus. This given as a gift, it's grace, attained through faith. It's not our own doing, but God's doing. You can't ask the dead to raise themselves. Ezekiel didn't tell bones to pull themselves up by their bootstraps. What did he do? He preached the word to them. He preached the spirit into them. And that's what God does to our dry, dusty bones. He does this in the waters of holy baptism. He does it through his proclaimed word. That's how he makes believers out of unbelievers. He raises the dead to life. He forgives the sinner. All this with his word and his breath. You are baptized into Christ Jesus' death and life. You have the Spirit of God, the breath of God dwelling within you. According to the flesh, you are dead and dying. But according to the Spirit, 
your baptismal's birth, you are alive to God in Christ. And if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells within you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. And friends, this is just as certain and sure as Christ Jesus is risen from the dead. For he is the resurrection and the life. Trust in him and you will live even though you die. Live in him and trust in him and you will never die forever. In the name of Jesus, Spirit, one God now and forever.
The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly meet, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you. Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who overcame the assaults of the devil and gave his life as a ransom for many, that with cleansed hearts we might be prepared joyfully to celebrate the Paschal Feast in sincerity and truth. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and in giving thanks, gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, 
which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. This do as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you to everlasting life. Depart in peace. Amen. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. And his mercy Thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. face shine on you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. 